Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 70. everybody and welcome back to another episode of help i got a mac my name is cliff ravenscraft and i'm chris biting today we're here to do what we do every single monday evening minus the ones that go on vacation yes and that is of course to talk all things apple or at least the things apple that interest us and also to help you who have a mac and would like some help with some issues that you might be having absolutely all right, so Chris, tell me what's going on in your world this week, man. Oh man, <clears throat> all sorts of fun stuff, you know, just uh, working and and doing Mac stuff and just having a good time. When you say doing Mac stuff, what would that entail? Uh, just playing on my Mac, just and, play. on, my, and, and on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so how about some news? I, I understand that there are some some a lot of things going on in in the Apple world right now. So yeah, we got a little, you know, little rumblings before June, obviously. Yeah, so so what's this deal <clears throat> that you got a news report something about Billboard? Yeah, uh Billboard reports that the uh, even though the iTunes prices have gone up, the sales have gone down. Uh despite mm-hmm. iTunes having to put a new tiered pricing into the effect just last week, Billboard's reporting they've already seen a sales drop on the higher priced tunes. Uh, iTunes Top 100 chart has 40 different songs with a new price of $1.29, and one day after the changes, those songs dropped an average of 5.3 places on the chart, while cheaper songs moved up on average. That's. On, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, and on, and on the second day of the price change, 10 of the tracks that saw their price rise within 24 hours dropped a huge 12 point, uh, 12, 12.4 chart positions on average. So this just shows that, you know, the, the labels are being greedy, but people aren't going to spend the extra money. You know, ninety nine cents was a nice, sweet, even number. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, is that 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 is the that is it does seem to be a price point kind of thing. But not only that, it's the same. You're you're giving us the same thing as before, right? Minus the DRM. Yeah, right, and uh, it's a higher bit rate too. It is a higher bit rate. Uh huh. Is there really? I mean, the, but the cha- the price changes aren't Apple compensating for bit rate change, you know, no, as far no, as bandwidth just, deliver, delivery. No, 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 no. It's just that the labels wanted to charge more, and Apple, and if they wanted to get the DRM free stuff, just like Amazon and, and everybody else, they had to, to to do variable pricing. Now, does Amazon? What does Amazon tell, sell the top ten songs for? Ninety nine cents. Uh, they are, but I think they're. Some of the tracks have gone up to a dollar twenty nine as well. Oh, okay. So they've done it as well. Well, you know what? I, I say good for the consumer. You know, stop buying the stuff if you don't want to mm-hmm. pay that much. Yeah, go to Best Buy and get a CD. There you go. Uh, of course, you know, it's, I, personally, I don't buy a lot of music because I listen mostly to podcasts and and audio books and and uh, you know reading and stuff like that. I should listen to more music because I know that it relaxes me. But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of independent music out there that I would love to support and encourage that, that doesn't have all this crud that goes along with it. Yeah, unfortunately, you're not, you know, you're, you're in the minority on that one, I think. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Well, the, here's my thing is I, I really got angry with the RIAA when they started, you know, um, bringing lawsuits against against grandmothers and stay-at-home moms and stuff like that. Sure, these people were doing things they shouldn't do, but I mean, it. I mean, in, really, in the end, is it that? I mean, I, I, I guess if there's anything in my mind that that I could say that that in their defense is the fact that this is a culture today where everybody does expect to get everything for free, which is just ludicrous. Yeah, in my mind, I, I really believe that. I I believe in paying for value, things of oh, value. Oh, I agree. I agree, absolutely. But at the same time, let's not get greedy about it. Of yeah. the, uh, the, Here's the one thing that I would like to know. Of the extra 30 cents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the extra 30 cents, how much more of that goes to the artist? Very little, if any at all. See, that? that's my question. And 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 I I really I really believe the music industry is broken. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I just I don't know I don't know what the answer is, but I I hope that musicians can find unique and new ways of 
of marketing their talent in such a way that that continues to earn them you know a great deal of money and and not to get weaseled out of all the money that um these record industries are are making but not passing on to them yeah there's got to be a you know a musician's middle class not not that i'm saying that a musician shouldn't be rich but there's no reason why a musician can't earn a modest living you know maybe they don't use a record label and they get more money because Really, uh, the you know uh, Trent Reznor, who uh, is the brains behind Nine Inch Nails, said you know the first time he saw a, a recording contract, he said, "Okay, um, you're going to charge twenty dollars for the CD. I've got to pay back the money you lent me to record the album. I make ten cents a, a CD, and and you get to keep the the, the rights to the music." You know that, that that's a, a horribly flawed system, especially for the artist who's actually creating the money for the label and creating the art itself. Yeah, it, the the thing is though, my feeling is that when you sign the dotted line, you know what you're signing to. Oh, I, I agree, but you know the the uh, the contracts are are awful. I mean, they don't yeah. benefit the artist whatsoever. Yeah, I, well, the, and, and and as a podcaster, there were many networks out there that were interested in taking on gspn.tv and and bringing us on and <clears throat> there were two and three and four year contracts that were drawn up and we looked at and and I ju- I just I didn't have the heart to, I did not have the heart to sign any of the contracts that I had seen I I shipped them all back and said eh, no this there's a little bit too much of me in this yeah and I am not willing to give up that much of of my you know, influence in my, of who I am really to, to just sell, sell it in and, and, and just for the hopes that I might get some additional exposure or things like that. And, and so, yeah, anyway, right. um, ain't, an, let's see, anonymous user number 5402 in the chat room is asking, is this going to go out into the free feed? This particular episode of help. I got a Mac is going out on the free feed. We'll talk a little bit about um, the free feed versus where all the other episodes in the uh, in the month that we record, but don't seem to show up on the site. We'll talk about that at the end. Anyway, what about this iPhone apps downloaded? A billion, you, really? Yeah, the a- Apple is on their way to having a billion apps downloaded from the application store. Uh, Apple's celebrating the event with a contest, and uh, you can fill out a form if you want to. You can go to the website and find out. No purchase is required. All you need to do is download an application between now and the time that a billion apps get downloaded. You can download up to 25 apps a day to be entered. Um, you have a chance to win a $10,000 iTunes gift card, an iPod Touch, a time capsule, and a MacBook Pro. So that's pretty cool. And if you go to Apple.com, you can see like a running ticker of, of how many apps uh, have been sold and, and you know, the, is going live right now. Right now, they're at 948 million. Seven hundred and fourteen thousand eight hundred. I nine hundred <laughs> thousand. <laughs> I see so it that goes, it goes really fast. The, are those? I bet you those aren't live numbers. If they're probably an estimation, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I mean, sometimes they'll just jump way up. Really? Oh yeah. Cool. Well, that's that's cool. A billion iPhone application downloaded. What does this mean? In in the terms of somebody who's listening to this and they have a crappy old phone that they're looking to replace with a smartphone and they're looking at the, you know, do I wait for the Palm Pre? Uh, what about this Google Android phone? Yeah. And what about Windows Mobile uh, devices? What what does one billion iPhone apps really mean to the average person? Well, it means that, that this this platform, the iPhone platform, is not going away anytime soon. And obviously, they need, they need to keep compatibility, you know, going on. So if you buy, it's one of the one of the rare pieces of electronic electronics. If you buy an iPhone or an iPod Touch today, three weeks from now, it's going to be more useful than it was before because of new applications and new ways of using it. So it's telling me that as a device, this thing is not a phone. It's a it's a it's a computer. It is. And every day, new and innovative apps are coming out. I mean, there's a lot of junk. But new and innovative apps are coming out that make this device more useful as, as the days go by. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I remember paying – remember the original price on the iPhones? What were they, 599 
599 Okay, 499 That's right. It was, I remember every 599 Everybody said 600 bucks for a phone. Uh, I remember paying the 499 price. Mm-hmm, me too. And I have never once regretted the fact that I paid the 499 price. In fact, uh, when the next-gen phone came out, which was the iPhone 3G, I went out and got that for I think one ninety nine was the upgrade price. Yeah, I paid one ninety nine for mine too. Exactly, and I was able to sell my original phone for two fifty. Yeah, that's how much I sold mine for. <laughs> so, so I, I went over to Craigslist dot com and I, I sold my old phone for two hundred fifty. I actually got I so I basically upgraded for free, in essence. Mm-hmm. And this thing has been amazing. I, you know, I remember the old NetShare application that allowed you to tether your your iPhone. Once again, I was down. <laughs> I was spent ten days in Eastern Tennessee, out on Lake Douglas, at this lake house of, that my parents own, and no internet connection except for Edge on the iPhone. And baby, I tethered that thing every day, checking my email, kept it down to a reasonable amount, so that when I came back today from vacation, that. I didn't have 50 billion emails. I only I think I've I've maintained 30 emails in my inbox throughout the entire week. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just gosh, I just love it. Yep, absolutely. So, I, what does what going back to the original thing, what Chris says is true. This isn't just a phone. It is a computer in your pocket and it is a great phone. And when iPhone 3.0 comes out, the new operating system comes out, it's going to be an amazing. I, I've already heard uh, stories that they're going to do the voice dialing. Have you heard the rumors about that? No, but that would be sweet. I've heard rumors of voice dialing. I have heard rumors of the fact that there is some sort of video capturing application in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be. No, this could be for the brand new hardware too. Yeah, that could be. Which I will, personally, I'm already expecting that I will upgrade to the new hardware. Yeah, I won't. I won't even consider upgrading until long after my contract is up. So yeah, well, you know, I mean, you you sign it to your contract, and you have to pay. You know, before the before eighteen months, you have to pay quite a bit of money to upgrade. Yeah, well, see, I, 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 I think that well, okay, mine should be about eighteen months when it happens because the first one was introduced a year after, which I didn't have to wait because there was no. What do they call that when they capture half the cost or something? Yeah, it's not really a contract, but it's not pro, uh, um, not prorated. Is it prorated? No, it's not prorated. Subsidized. Subsidized. See, the original phone wasn't subsidized. So when they, it came out with the 3G, I didn't have to, to pay any penalties or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So I got a fully subsidized phone at 199 Now, that, that, was a, that was a year. I guess that would just be a year in June. But Stephanie still has the original phone, so I'll just see if I can talk her into getting the uh, whatchamacallit. Yeah, now, uh, you know, 3.0 is going to be able to go on uh, your iPhone 3Gs and the original 2G iPhone, but a lot of the features, well, not a lot of the features, but some of the cool features aren't going to be on the original iPhone, such as uh, a five, the blue, a f- I'm sorry, go ahead. Stereo Bluetooth, and then, um, oh, what was the other one? Stereo, the SMS. Yeah, the, the MMS. L- MMS, that's- MMS and Stereo Bluetooth won't work on the original but it will work on the iPhone 3G. Oh yeah, we're gonna get all full functionality. The, the new phones rumored to have finally, you know, a video camera instead of of the still camera. You know, a better camera, uh, auto focusing, maybe a front camera, front facing camera. So it, it may have a little bit more bells and whistles. Probably more memory, probably 32 gig. I just hope they the give us. You know what? I wouldn't mind my phone being. Uh, a, a quarter of an inch up to a half inch thicker just to give me a darn battery in the thing. Yeah, you're not going to get a removable battery. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about a removable just, one. Just a, a more... A, a higher capacity. Uh, we'll, we'll see higher capacity batteries in the same form factor, I'm sure. The, the new, if, if the new 17-inch MacBook Pro is any indication of the battery technology, Apple's really aggressive on that. So That's I, don't, I don't see that being an issue. Because I don't want to have to go to a, a, a Mophie case or something like that that's yeah. not... That I, I really like the the clean, unaltered feel of the iPhone in my hand. I don't know about you though, but the la- the latest software update, two two one, I think, has really made an effect on my battery. Like not in a good way either. Yeah, yeah, I'm same way, same way here. So, but you know, uh, th- then we still have the Palm Pre that's it's rumored to come out in in May, and 
you know, I'm not a big sprint fan, but I am looking at that because I think that's going to be the first real contender to the throne. But I mean, how long? Okay, how long has it taken iPhone to get to a billion applications downloaded? A year. Is that it? Just one year. Well, yeah, when 2.0 came out, it's when the App Store came out. Okay, so so we're talking one year. Seriously, how long before Palm Pre gets one billion downloads? Yeah, it's going to take a while. I mean, it's. And I, I honestly think it's a race for number two. I really think this year, you know, this time next year, we're going to say we're, we're going to be going Blackberry's number two or Palm's number two. Right now, Blackberry's number one by a wide margin just because of enterprise and stuff like that. But I think after this software update, maybe new phones, I think Apple's going to take their position as the number one smartphone. I think so. I think so. And. I, I just really, uh, you know, and, and I know I sound like a fanboy, and trust me, if anybody's listened to enough of these episodes, the past 69 episodes, and even, remember, we relaunched this thing as episode number one, but there's 14 episodes of Help, I Got a Mac, which was uh, more like, help, what do I do with this piece of crap <laughs> podcast? So, I mean, it's not that I'm an Apple fanboy by any stretch of the imagination, I, I, mm-hmm. I in fact, I've even I've even got a little bit later in the show today that I'll be sharing. But let's move on. I, I, I do love the iPhone, folks. If you're thinking about buying one, I really can't imagine anybody who would not like this thing. Uh, it really is awesome. Exactly. What's the last story that you have there? The last story is a rumor, but oh, okay. the rumor is that Jobs is still active at Apple. As we all know, uh, Steve Jobs took a, a step down in January for health problems. But uh, those reported aware of Jobs' position have told the Wall Street Journal that he's regularly overseeing projects and has actually guided some of the most recent publicized work. In particular, Jobs is understood to have been instrumental in shaping the interface of the new uh, iPhone OS 3.0, which adds copy and paste as well as device-wide search. More importantly, Jobs is still believed to be invested in long-term strategy. While the iPhone uh, is to be expected, uh, the journal also uh, states that Apple... This is focused on ever and producing a portable device that sits between the small iPhone and the iPod Touch, but not as large as the existing MacBook, a.k.a. Netbook. Gotcha. So we could be seeing some kind of cool tablet-y type thing uh, in June. I really, I really think we're going to see something, a one more thing, and I think Steve's going to come out and show it off. And that will be like, boom, stock price is going to go up. Steve's going to look good and healthy and awesome, and it's going to be great. That would be very, very cool indeed. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What is it that you would like to be that one more thing? Is it a tablet PC? Yeah, I think so. Not that I would buy it, but I think that um, I well, think it would be very cool. If do you have any desire for any smaller device outside of a Mac, out, like a normal MacBook laptop? I've said I've wanted a netbook. Uh, I keep going back and forth. The more I think about it, I I really use my iPhone as a little computer. Um, and I, I can type on it. I can, you know, do Twitter and email and surf the web pretty much for the most part and watch videos. So everything I would, I would probably do on a netbook, I could do on my iPhone. Uh, but there are people who who want that, and I think they'll, you know, they'll sell quite a few of them. I'll tell you what: if I if they made a Mac a Mac netbook that was the size of the Amazon Kindle two. And also had the Kindle 2 software included. Dude, that'd be awesome. That would be pretty sweet. Your games would be nice and big. <laughs> yeah. And, and you could read. I mean, it's just all the, all the things that would go along with that. It would just be really awesome, I think. Now, the thing is, though, is anything that Mac does, Apple does when it comes to releasing these new products, the price is always a concern for me. Oh, it's going to be super expensive. It'll be $800. I walk into Walmart, man, and, and, and I look into I, – I, I can't walk into Walmart and not go to the electronics section. I'm the same way. There's just something about me that just screams, $300 for an XP netbook? Heck, yeah, I want one of those. Yeah, because 300 bucks is – you know I can hack on it and load Linux and just play around. and, and Well, 300 bucks it's the, it's the only computer on the market that you can buy off the shelf in a mm-hmm. department store that doesn't have – crappy old vista on it i mean what's up with it? i mean these things are being sold today brand new out of the box with windows xp yeah that alone is a reason enough to get a, a netbook yeah and they'll be able to run uh, windows 7 very 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 well 
So I, I tell you what, as, folks, as well as XP, if not better. I know this is help I got a Mac, but if somebody's out there and they're looking for a computer and all they do for the most part is just browse a couple websites, listen to some podcasts, uh, you know, download them via iTunes, uh, maybe watch, you know, a little live gspn.tv slash live action. Like, confi- like getting the configer worm. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you like getting the configer worm. I, who cares about the configer? It doesn't do anything. Anyway. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Has it done anything yet? It's getting ready to. It's setting up a payload for everybody. Yeah, that's what they said on April 1st. Yeah, it did. It changed its signature and downloaded an encrypted patch. Did it? Yeah. Oh, oh well. I, I, don't even know, <laughs> I don't even know if I have it. I don't think <laughs> I do. It, that's what it wants you to think. <laughs> oh, well. So anyway, if, you, if, you, if you're looking for something with just the capabilities of checking email, browsing the net, and stuff like that, $399 is an awesome price for a PC. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, amazing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You can buy and a lot three of these are being subsidized. Things. Yeah, a lot of them are being subsidized now, just like iPhones and cell phones and stuff. Uh, if you go into, I think it's AT&T is selling one of the Dell Mini 9s for $99. You have to sign a two-year data contract, but if you have just a standard you know, a standard Razor or some kind of you know, junky cell phone and you don't want to get a smartphone... You know, this is an answer for you. Now, you, have, does, you now have internet everywhere. Does your does your netbook go as a phone as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> you could just that, that. Wouldn't that be cool? You just carry around your netbook with you in in your laptop case, and you have your Bluetooth wireless on, and yeah, it, that see now that would be interesting. Anyway, now let's get back to the Mac stuff. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not that you took me down that road. I did. Exactly. All right. So have you heard about the unlocked iPhones approved by Apple? I have not. This came out this morning on Callie Lewis's blog uh, over at geekbrief.com. And so, you know, of course, I trust Callie Lewis to to share pretty good information. And the title of our blog post is Cupertino approved unlocked iPhones for $799.00. From buy.com, and she's got even a screen capture where you can buy it. And it wow. says 9to5mac.com found a nice little pricey uh, prize at buy.com. They're selling an unlocked 3G 16 gigabyte iPhone with full Apple warranty for $799.99. It can be used with any GSM carrier in the world, and since the phone isn't jailbroken, it can be updated via iTunes. If you've been waiting for an unlocked, blessed by Cupertino iPhone, here is the link to get one. And that's not, you know, that you might be going, wow, 800 bucks. If you tried to buy like an unlocked Nokia N95 or any of the, the HTC handsets unlocked, they're going to be around 800 bucks. Uh huh. So it's not too far from, you know, every other price for a smartphone if you want to get something unlocked. So that's pretty sweet. Now, the big thing here is the fact that you can use it on any carrier in the world. And there are a lot of people who do travel, you know, from country to country to country. And you can go in and you can buy these SIM cards, throw it into your phone and get a local plan and and go with it. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, that's new information came out. uh, I believe that came out today. That's awesome. So uh, anyway, they're saying 9to5mac.com uh, speculates that Apple is actually clearing inventory to prep for the next generation iPhone. That wouldn't surprise me. That's the only thing I can think that this means, that, you know, trying to get rid of these things. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a, it's like an open secret now that June is the magic time of the, of the year for new iPhones. Yeah, so. Just, just like September is the new time for um, iPod, like big iPod changes. Right. All right, so next up in our show notes here, uh, by the way, if anybody wants, you can go to gspn.tv slash forum, and there's a section halfway down the the page there that says uh, general programming for gspn.tv, and you can find the help I got a Mac section. You can also go there to post questions for the community to answer. The gspn.tv community has plenty of Mac fans out there who are always willing to help answer your questions and and stuff like that. And if you happen to be a Mac genius, why don't you help hop on board and register for a free account 
over at gspn.tv slash forum and help some folks out who are buying Macs by the droves in spite of my telling them to go get a $400 netbook now that you can get those things. But anyway, we do have lots of people buying these Macs and, and they're awesome and I, I do love them. I just, yes. I, I told somebody today, I am a Mac fan, just not a Mac fan boy. Yeah, I, I would probably buy a, a netbook and put uh, Mac OS ten on it. That'd be awesome. All right, Chrissy wrote. You want to read what Chrissy wrote in the forum? Sure. Chrissy wrote, I've noticed several times now my MacBook is plugged into power pretty much all the time, so the battery is on full charge. But sometimes I notice the light on the adapter, on the, the charger is orange and the battery is charging. Any ideas why it would discharge if it's been plugged in the, into the main power all the time? Obviously, it'll charge if I use the battery power and I need to recharge, but this problem happens when the computer's been sitting on my desk on the main help and i i did some searches and i don't have a real good answer for her to be honest with her yeah i don't she, i'm sorry she may, wanna, she may want to make sure her battery is okay uh she can go to uh she goes to the apple logo and goes to about this mac and then goes to more info and what this does is opens the system profiler and what she'll want to do is go on on the left hand side under contents under hardware it'll say power and you click on power and what it will do is it will give you a battery information. It will say, uh, under health information, it will say cycle count, and it will say a condition. If it's under 300 charge cycles and the condition is anything other than good, then she'll probably want to take it to the Apple Store because the battery is bad. Wow. Aren't so, you full of useful information? It's happened to me. So. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Christy, I hope that at least helps out and uh, – you know, you should have. Hopefully, you got some Apple Care on there. You can always call them if that doesn't help you out at all. If you have further concerns, but mm-hmm. um, absolutely check that out. The other thing that I was going to say is that um, I notice on mine, I when I have mine plugged in, it gets up around ninety eight percent and just stays at ninety eight percent all the time. You might oh. want to check your battery too. You think so? <laughs> but no, no, mine no, does no, say no, no, mine does say mine does say ninety eight percent battery is charged. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. And right now it says 100%. It doesn't do that all the time to me, but I've noticed that it sometimes will get stuck at like 98, 99. Uh, and I'll unplug it and plug it back in, and I'll unplug it and plug it back in. And eventually it says, okay, 100. Leave me alone. Yeah, I just I just go for icon only. Yeah. <laughs> I, stop, I stop looking at percentages because it annoys me. There you go. But I definitely know what she's talking about with the little power adapter with the green, the orange instead of the green. When mine says 98%, it still does have the green light, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, Christy, do check that out. Um, And let's see here. Now, I want to share with folks uh, a little bit of a problem that I have. I don't know if you've looked at this beforehand. I'm looking at it right now. I've been having some boot camp woes, uh, and I kind of shared the discussion. Uh, Basically, what it is is I've installed the parallels program a long time ago mm-hmm. and i went out and bought a copy of windows xp just for my macbook and the first time first two times that i used it it was it was okay um it it wasn't too too bad but you know over time i i don't know what was what's been going on i haven't really gone through and and updated parallels because every time i un- updated parallels i needed to go in and update the parallels tools in the XP. And, it, you know, it's just a pain when I only use this thing. Like I've only loaded into XP like four times when I really needed to. And it's only for one program. And it's only when I'm away from my studio and I want to process some audio files using Adobe Audition. So with that, um, for two, half the time that I've ever went in and tried to edit some audio in Adobe Audition... Uh, half the time, Stephanie's computer has been available. And that mm-hmm. is that is my seismic. I apologize. That's okay. I'm closing that now. All right. Uh, the, the new seismic. Have you seen the seismic for Twitter do- uh, desktop client? Yeah, I, I haven't used it yet. It's buggy. but it's I, in, I don't, I don't it's use Adobe Air applications. I know you don't. <laughs> I do. I like them. All right. So anyway, uh, where was I? So, uh, oh, Adobe so, Audition. So Stephanie's computer has always been a, has been a, available to me half the time, which is an XP machine, and I ended up I usually end up 
dumping my Mac to the side and say, okay, here, let me get the USB drive. Let me drag it over here. I'll, I'll work on it on Stephanie's computer, and then I'm done, and then I drag it back to my MacBook. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been so frustrating. So f- I've been thinking about doing this forever. Last, last night, I finally went in to um, – I finally went into – the parallels desktop and I went in and had it delete the vir- virtual machine. Now, when I go in and use that, that utility that they give and it says it's all gone, it said that, you know, it was deleted, but it said it could not delete one folder, the home folder. And I went in and it said, and it says you can manually delete that. I went in and deleted that. So once I delete that, it's all gone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I went in and went to the boot camp assistance assistant and then i tried to install uh windows xp using bootcamp and it says the disk cannot be partitioned because some files cannot be moved mm-hmm. back up this back up your entire hard drive and use disk utility to format your drive as a mac os extended journaled volume mm-hmm. restore your information back to your hard drive and try mm-hmm. using this program again okay doesn't that sound just like everything you ever had to do when you had a Windows machine? Well, partitioning a drive is really, really hard for the system. And here's, here's what I would do. Okay. There could be something wrong with the file system itself. Uh-huh. And what I would do is, is um, <clears throat> excuse me, boot off of your Leopard disk. Okay. Boot off the Leopard disk <clears throat> and try to uh, repair the disk itself. Don't repair permissions, but actually repair the disk itself and see if that fixes it. Oh, okay. And I, I can do that without <clears throat> backing everything up? Yep. I will do that. I yeah, will try, which, try I mean, the, there's always, you know, a little, you know, little disclaimer. There's always a chance that something could go wrong during it and lose all your data, but... Yeah, it's very likely it won't have that won't happen. Gotcha. Well, I will. I will try that. It's just I stick the leopard disc in and boot, and it yeah, will... boot boot off the leopard disc by holding down C when you boot up. C. Okay. So hold down the C when I boot up, and then stick the le- uh, leopard disc in, and it'll no no no. Out. Stick the leopard disc in your in your yeah. Mac. All right. Reboot, and, and then hold down the C key while it's rebooting. And then when there's an option yeah. that says repair disc. Yeah, well, you'll go up to, uh, I think it's at, under applications or something. You'll, you'll see like a, a top toolbar. Okay. And one of them will be like utilities, I think, and one of them is disk utility. Okay. And it's, it's inside disk utility. And I want to repair disk. Repair disk. Okay, I will try that. Okay. Very cool. Because I've tried some other things. By the way, I was looking, you know, I was trying to make 20 gigs available. Um, I went in and uh, did the whole repair permissions thing. That didn't work. Um, yeah. I, the only thing I haven't done that some fo- that Victor over at Typical Mac User uh, told me to give a shot was um, deleting you know a bunch of my you know anything greater than one gig files and taking those off and then trying and stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, I, if I can avoid you know doing a whole backup, reformat, and restore, that it's just it's like I thought oh, this is why I bought a Mac machine. <laughs> well, like I said, partitioning is always crazy on any machine not a problem i will i will continue to um try this out and i will as always journal my process in the help i got a mac section called boot camp woes cool all right john started a topic titled itunes did i just lose my music and i basically if we click on i'm gonna go ahead and click on the uh link there says, well, my computer got some vicious malware and spyware to the point where my computer guy had to reform my, my hard, whole hard drive and I had to redo the whole computer thing. I forgot to tell him to back up my iTunes library to do uh, to anything and I can't find my music anywhere. Not that I would expect to. Uh, anyway, is there, uh, is there a way I can communicate with this iTunes and get back all the music that I've purchased through the iTunes store? Uh, there's two things. One, yes, you've lost all your music. <laughs> yep. Uh, and if it was a Mac, I'm surprised it had any kind of spyware or anything. Just, just I, saying. I'm, I'm assuming that it's a PC. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been told that you can make pleas to Apple to tell them that you didn't back up your music 
and they will give you permission to re-download everything again. Mm -hmm. But on the same token, it would be like going to Best Buy and buying a CD, right? And then losing the CD. Right. And going back to Best Buy saying, hey, can I get another copy of that album because I lost it? Right. So, I mean, I I see both sides of it. But, uh, you know, this really shows that you really should back your stuff up. You know, I I keep a, a copy of all my iTunes stuff on DVD, and I also keep it backed up onto an external hard drive. And then, uh, and then obviously, if you have a big iPod, a lot of times all your iTunes music's on your iPod. So um, he can try to email Apple. I think there's some kind of contact for iTunes where they can and they can reauthorize it. But I've been told that they sometimes grant people a one-time only. You better never, ever, ever do it again, ever, ever. Right. And uh, Winnie, of course, did post a link to uh, finding lo- the Finding Lost Music FAQ frequently asked questions on the Apple site and there's mm-hmm. information about you know how and, and I have he- heard some great stories of people who said you know they they called and told them what happened and and as far as the stuff you've purchased they allow you to re-download I, I've heard success success stories with yeah n- normally it's like, like like I said they'll give you a one-shot deal so download it and back it up because that's it yeah uh, Jeff Gentry added, if your entire library happened to be on your iPod, uh, you can program you can buy a program to restore your library and pl- uh, playlist from the iPod. I've, I uh, don't buy anything. There's plenty of free 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 things that does it. Yeah. So yeah, there there is definitely software out there. If you have, let's say, a 30 gig or a 60 gig iPod, and y- y- all your music or most of your music's on there, there is definitely software that will allow you to drag that off of there. And uh, just do do a search for, um, you know, restoring music from an iPod or something like that. Yeah. You'll find it. All right. Then uh, John responded, I have two computers I use daily, my work computer and my home computer. I bought music separately on both and sync with my work computer. Uh, let's see here. I'd like to just get my purchases from the home computer that I had downloaded here at the least, and I can buy. Yeah, so basically just try that information, John, that we've already already uh, given you there. Hopefully that can help out. All right, so, Chris, we have uh, two voicemails, uh, both of them from our great friend up in Alaska, good old Bradley Rich, and I'm going to play <laughs> his very first call right here. Hey, Cliff Alaska, Brad, uh, wishing you a happy Easter. Uh, commercial came on here in Alaska, and I thought about you. I have it paused, so I just want to play it, and maybe you can guess why I thought of you when I heard this commercial. Kendall Ford needs your trade. Used vehicles are in high demand, so if you bring in your current vehicle for a quick 10-minute appraisal, we'll give you a complimentary car wash. No hassle and no commitments. Learn about the current market. Yes, indeed. That is your bed music for help. I got a Mac. Anyways, I thought that was kind of funny, and I wanted to send that to you. Hey, happy Easter to you. God bless. Thanks, Brad. So did you hear that, Chris? Yeah, I I hear. It's funny. when, When you start doing this stuff for a while and you hear bed music, I hear music that I used to use when I was in radio. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was on that one CD. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I, I went away from the whole uh, garage band music that's av- available for Everybody's free. using that. Everybody, all podcasters are using that. So I wanted to get away from it. And lo and behold, I go out and you know pay tons of money for uh, some bed music from a, a site that's for, well, broadcasters, really. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, here's Alaska Brad up in Alaska watching a TV car commercial and it's playing our music. It's bound to happen. It is, it, it, but that's cool. At least, at least in the in the podcasting sphere, I'm I'm pretty sure we're safe. Yeah, with, with having a unique uh, sound. All right, well, one more call from Alaska Brad, and then we'll move on. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Chris. This is Brad, Alaska Brad, calling in for help. I got a Mac. Okay, regarding the contract free uh, iPhones through AT and T, and I guess now Apple is selling them as well. Uh, I was listening to another podcast, and it kind of made sense. Why not sign up for the contract and then uh, just early terminate? It costs like 175 bucks, and you still, you know, you do the math, you're still making out like big time. So, uh, yeah, so just sign a contract and then, you know, cancel, and you've got an iPhone. Same deal, I guess. I, 
I don't know why they're doing it, but I think your theory that they're trying to just get rid of these phones in lieu of the new iPhone 3.0 that may hit this summer. Take care. Bye. Yeah, I think so, Brad. And that's a good point. It doesn't make much sense to pay, you know, 600 bucks for uh, a phone without the contract. Go ahead and get the contract, get the phone with the contract for what, 200? Yeah. And then you cancel for another, what is it, 175? 175, yeah. <laughs> and then for under 400, you have yourself an iPhone with no contract. Exactly. It's still, it's still locked AT&T, but there's a lot of smart people out there that have figured out how to unlock it. So. Yeah. Because because there's like 30 GSM providers, small GSM providers in the United States. Uh, we have one here in, t- in town called Cincinnati Bell. And they're actually pretty good. They don't have a really good 3G network yet, but their service is good. Their coverage is super good. And their prices are really, really cheap on their data. So, you know, it's, it's a bummer that they can't get the iPhone. And I'm sure that companies like Bell and stuff would love to get their hands on them. Yeah, and of course with the with the now this information about these unlocked iPhone, I'm sure it won't take somebody too long to figure out exactly the the programming on one of those things so that they can you know wipe what's on a regular phone and then just replace it with the other stuff. Let me ask you a question: if you if you had the ability to do that, would you? No. Really? Me? No. If you can make your phone appear to be a completely unlocked, legitimately unlocked phone, you wouldn't do it. No, I w- why would I? I I, I, w- I used AT and T. I've used AT and T for the last eight years, with the exception for a year and a half on Nextel slash Sprint. And yeah. I, when the iPhone came out, I couldn't wait to get back to AT and T. Yeah, see, I think I would. I would. I would think about it. Yeah. No. If I, was, I, I would probably use another GSM provider, you know, like T-Mobile or some, something with whoever had the cheapest data plan. I, would I probably, like I like Visual Voicemail though, and and from what I understand, if you unlock your phone and take it over to T-Mobile, you don't get Visual Voicemail. I like Visual Voicemail a lot. Yeah, I I have Visual Voicemail with my Google Voice account. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I need to check out um, Google Voice. I, I, I got my I got my email on that. Do it. It's super awesome. I love it. I am going to check it out, man. It, that's my business line. Is it? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I don't give anybody my anybody outside of my circle of people my real cell phone number. Gotcha. Hey, in the chat room, you said earlier that you don't use anything that's an uh, an air um, application, and they wanted yeah. to know if you had any reason for that. I, I don't, you may have already answered in the chat room, but uh, just in um, case somebody here might be answer, uh, wondering. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason is, is I, I like apps... Um, it depends. I guess I would use an application if it was just like a standard app, but something like Twitterific or any kind of notification app, I like to use a native app. And, and obviously, it's what I just mentioned Twitterific for Twitter. It does real basic Twitter functionality. You know, it doesn't have, I can't like, it's not like TweetDeck where I can split everything up into this big window and stuff. What I like about it, though, is that it lives up in the top toolbar. It doesn't okay. live in the dock. It just lives up in the top toolbar next to like, you know, the Wi-Fi signal and the speaker and Bluetooth and all that stuff. And I like it there. I think it's nice to kind of have it in that section. It's out of the way. It doesn't bother me. When I get a new tweet, it, it becomes like the little full-color picture of the bird. It's, it's more of just neatness than anything. Gotcha. Well, for me, I like Adobe Air applications uh, because what happens is uh, – I Adobe Air of of course will run both on the Mac and the PC. You don't have to have a Mac version of the application and a PC version of the application. They're the same. Uh and mm-hmm. I love that because I am a cross-platform user. I, I use both right. the PC and the Mac and I love that when I'm when I get used to all the nuances, all the little tweaks, all the little keyboard shortcuts of an application, I love that I can go and duplicate that experience on my MacBook when I'm on vacation for 10 days. You want to hear something cool, though? What? There is, Tweety is coming yes. out as an application for Mac OS X. For a native, yes, I saw that. Yes. And, if, and, and, if, and if it's actually the layout and and everything of, of Tweety for the iPhone, it, but only on an application version, dude, I am Wait. so going to use that. Oh. I want to, I want to, I want to, you know what? I'm going to email, I'm going to tweet uh, or send an email to our friend at 8 Bits, who was, cre- who was the, the creator of Tweety, to see if I can get invited to the private beta and I, I see if I can talk about it. That would be awesome. 
because I would really, really like to get that. Yeah, Tweety is amazing. Somebody asked, what makes an application native? How would you explain that? Uh, well, uh, let's first talk about what an Adobe Air app is. Um, Adobe Air, and I'm trying to remember what it stands for. I'm actually going to Google it real quick. Um, Adobe Air Wiki. Adobe Air. Air stands for Adobe Integrated Runtime. And what it is, it's it's basically like its own, think about it as its own little operating system. It's a lot like Java where an app, like let's say TweetDeck is, a, is an Adobe Air application. It runs on top of, an, a, of a layer of code that Adobe makes. And that allows you to write one code base for Mac or Linux or PC because it's running under this own, like its own little operating system that's built into Air. And it, it the, what's, what's cool about it is it's like, it's like what you said, you can download one app and it's going to work on all of them the same. What I don't like about it is a lot of times the UI is a little different. Um, the integration with the rest of the Mac OS isn't as great as it could be. So that, that's really the difference between native apps. And, and native apps are written specifically for the operating system, whether it's Mac OS X or Windows. So Right. It, it's using the actual operating system programming language for, exactly. the, for the operating system, like for Mac OS. Yeah, no, Air, Air is very cool. There's some very, very cool applications. It's just, if I can find an app that does the same thing just as well, that's natively written for the operating system, I'm probably going to go with that. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I personally, I love Air, and uh, there's a lot of great uses for it. And, and like I said, I love the availability of porting back and forth. The only thing I wish that these Air applications had was a sync between uh, instances. So like when I make changes to my Adobe Air application here, that it would sync back to a central server and then sync those settings over to my MacBook. That mm-hmm. would rock. But anyway, that that gives you an example of what we're talking about when we have that conversation. So anyway, let's move forward here. Uh, Suzanne Smith wrote me an email recently saying, hey, Cliff, we uh, posted we just posted an article titled the top 100 Apple slash Mac blogs. And I thought I'd bring it to your attention in case your readers might find it interesting. I'm happy to let you know that your site has been included in the list of the top 100 Apple slash Mac blogs. Either way, thanks for your time, Suzanne Smith. Now, here's the funny thing. I've got the link to this in the uh, in the show notes section. We did uh, my my podcast and, and website did get listed in the top 100. But guess what podcast it is? It's not Help I Got a Mac. <laughs> it's Podcast Answer Man. It's Podcast Answer Man. That's and, funny. And so, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find where I'm at in the list. Uh, number 86. Number 86. Cliff, Raven, Cliff Ravenscraft was one of the first people to take on podcasting full-time as a career. A podcaster who podcasts about podcasting. He is the go-to person when it comes to all questions related to podcasting and the new media. So number 86, you know, Suzanne, thank you so much for uh, recognizing me in your list of top 100 uh, Mac and Apple blogs. Uh, and hopefully your, your subscribers, when they go and, and, and check that out, that they'll see that we also have a Help, I Got a Mac podcast. Yes. So, very cool. But anyway, if you guys want, check that out. It's a gr- great resource. I love I love blogs that, like this. I mean, there's the Mac world. That it talks about the unofficial Apple web blog. Uh, Download Squad, Apple Core, uh, just lots of great resource information. Browse through that list. The link to it's in the show notes uh, in the forum at gspn.tv slash forum under episode number 70. All right, moving right along to the last email of the day. Chris, would you read the one from Chris R., who recently became a plus member? Yeah, it's the longest one, too. (laughs) All right, here we go. Cliff. I just started thinking about buying a Mac after getting an iPhone back in October and falling in love with it. The iPhone was my very first piece of Apple technology, and I'm a 35-year-old public defender and former prosecutor. I've become addicted to listening to podcasts, and I keep expanding my interests. I started getting interested in finding something that would help me learn more about Macs because I started wondering if my upcoming laptop purchase should be Mac or PC. My sister had gotten a pair of PC laptops last fall, and I was working on a 10-year-old Pentium 2 400 megahertz. Megahertz. <laughs> <laughs> my iPhone had become my primary computer, so it was time to update. 
I found your podcast, and it was the name that made me download some of the episodes to try. I was dubious, but the more I listened, the more I started to be swayed. Then I listened to all the free ones, and I was hooked. I bit the bullet this week and bought a 2.4 gigahertz 13-inch MacBook. I went with that after hearing Chris and you talk about how you just don't need that huge screen or all the computing power of a MacBook Pro unless you're doing some heavy-duty stuff. So I wasn't sure until I went to Best Buy after hearing from you that you'd get them there since we don't have an Apple store near Charleston, West Virginia. And after talking to the Apple rep for about 45 minutes and handling the merchandise, I was sold. I came back a few days later, and now I have a new MacBook. I went for the 2.4 gigahertz because it had an illuminated keyboard, something I think I heard you guys talk about at some point, and also the hard drive was much larger for the extra 300. I haven't had a chance to really play with it because I've been working on rewiring my house for an Airport Extreme so that, that I heard you guys reviewing, so I can network to my laser printer, which is in a different room from where the modem usually is. So I've become a Plus member in part out of, a pre, uh, out of appreciation and also so I can learn more about how to use this confusing piece of technology that I'm sure will become as intuitive to me as my iPhone has become with time. By the way, my high score on Sheepstacker is 107. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Rock on. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, and Chris, thank you for reading that. Uh, no but, problem. But thank you for becoming a Plus member. I am really, really excited about that. And, of course, this episode that you guys are listening to today, if you're not a Plus member, you're listening out there on the free feed, uh, it is thanks to the Plus members that we are able to bring this episode to you. Uh, usually about one episode a month. Sometimes we'll slip in a second episode for free out there on the free feeds. But Chris and I he- are here every week, Monday, every Monday at 7 p.m., recording this live, record and then releasing this out to the public. Uh, not out to the public, but out to the Premium Plus members. And not only that, but if you go to gspn.tv slash plus, you can read uh, the testimonials uh, from all the people who really get behind what we're doing here at gspn.tv because it's more than just about creating content. It's about some many other things. Uh, there are a lot of benefits and value, I believe, in what we're doing here, and I would love to have your support in doing that. If you wouldn't mind, go to gspn.tv slash plus. We have tons of other podcasts to to take a look at. In fact, today I would encourage you just to check out something like familyfromtheheart.com. And that that's all I'll mention today. But uh, it's a great cross-reference, a cross-sell there, and uh, very interesting stuff that my wife and I are talking about uh, doing in, in the possible near future. Anyway, um, Chris, thank you very much for yet another entertaining educational episode of help i got a mac how can people like like this chris r how can he and others ask questions so that we can cover them here in the podcast sure there's a couple ways one is to post into our forums at gspn.tv slash forum another one is emailing us at feedback at gspn.tv and finally the way we really really like to do it is through our voicemail because you can just call us up at any time, ask us a question, and we'll play it live on the air. And that's 859-795-4067. Absolutely. And, of course, that pretty much wraps it up for yet another weekly episode. Chris uh, is still out there looking for employment after he ends his uh, term with uh, the company he's currently with. And, Chris, you're, you're, still, you're still accepting opportunity offers, correct? I am. I had an, inter- an interview today, and <clears throat> I got a couple irons in the fire. It's, it's looking really good. I think I'll be okay at the end of April. All right. Well, just in case, uh, if you are out there and you say, man, that Chris guy, I would love to hire him, uh, <laughs> send an email to feedback at gspn.tv, and I'll forward it right on to him. We'll see you all next week. Until next time, join the community. <laughs>